On today's show, we're going to, you know, ask if the Cavs are quote-unquote ultra-beatable. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, I'm Chris Manning. That man over there is Evan Damerol. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts you've not already. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for production. Evan, let's dive in. We So the, the, the Cavs play the Knicks on Friday. You have We have two episodes going up this Friday. You have one with uh, Gavin Shaw of Locked the Knicks that people can check out. We're going to talk about the Knicks here a little bit as well. So there's this Ian Begley story, which is a good read about the Julius Randle injury stuff. Uh, them beating the Heat shorthanded the other night. And now we know that Julius Randle is going to be out at least two weeks. He'll be reevaluated. That, of course, lines up with some playoff stuff. And that, I think, definitely seems to perhaps, you know, we'll see what his availability and, and quality of play will look like in a possible Cavs-Knicks first-round series. There's just a line in the story, Evan, that I found very funny, which called the Cavs ultra-beatable. And I, I assume that like that comes from someone in the Knicks like saying that like a, unless that's just like the opinion, but like wherever that came from, I think that's hilarious because like I just yeah I, I understand I don't think that we think of the Cavs as like as a true true title contender. I don't think most people have the Cavs as a true true title contender. But like describing them to me as like ultra beatable based on every way you want to look at it, it feels kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and you and I are on this. We've been consistent in the fact that the Cavs are a playoff team, and at least the the modus operandum for this how this team is just going forward is let's make some noise, let's get out of the first round and just see as far as we can go because the Cavs are playing with house money once they get out of the first round of the playoffs. And I'll be frank, like this isn't an easy out for New York, nor should it really be like a, a situation where Cleveland overestimates or underestimates uh, New York either. Like, sure, there's no Julius Randle, and I think. That lacks in the star power, but like Jalen Brunson is still really freaking good. Um, but just my criticisms, and I talked about this with Gavin Shaw a little bit, is like I feel like the Knicks have kind of hit their ceiling. Like they don't have another gear they can hit, whereas the Cavs are just like the relative unknown in this one because we know Donovan Mitchell will show up to perform, but there's going to be a coming out party for Darius Garland. There's going to be a coming out party for Evan Mobley. There's Jared Allen as well, who, yes, is dealing with a groin injury, but hopefully is healthy enough over the next coming weeks just to be available come playoff time as well and i i just think the term like easily beatable is pretty ultra, comical ultra, 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 ultra beatable beat, ultra beatable even more so is more comical just because like it it's disrespectful and sure new york is two and one against cleveland as of recording this we are, have not done this after Cavs six on friday so we'll see how that goes of course but the one the least most recent win, at least for uh, New York, was Julius Randle hitting eight three pointers, which is like a career best night for him across the board. And again, no Randle kind of takes the the wind out of New York sails a little bit now. But I, I don't think you should underestimate this cast squad because like, they found ways to win and they're growing up in real time. If you were to just say like, what is like the best way to beat the Cavs, Evan? As of right now, how we understand the team. If you were gonna say, okay, like this is actually how I would describe the Cavs as beat. Like, what is like the big weakness of this team? We've talked so much about strengths. What is the weakness? 
lack of bench depth. I think New York could really bully Cleveland just in the bench production department. Like Karis Levert's a steady option. I think Ricky Rubio's finding himself a little bit. But after that, it's it's a quite a few question marks. Like, sure, Jetty Osmond's been playing well, and JV Bickerstaff told me in Brooklyn the other day that uh, they have to reward that and just continue to keep playing him and riding with him. And like Lamar Stevens is a bit of a wild card, maybe Dean Wade as well. But like New York has some pretty solid bench production compared to Cleveland. And that's, I think, where New York may have the upper hand a little bit. But that's one way to beat them. And also, if you find a way to stymie Donovan Mitchell and maybe ride off the momentum of Darius Garland, maybe being a little bit overwhelmed from his first playoff outing, outing um, that's another way to beat them. But like stylistically, like these two teams match up very well with each other on paper. It's just who's willing to show up to the comp- and rise to the competition. So th- th- that's my viewpoint. How do you think it's the Cavs are beatable at this point, at least from yeah. the, the lens of like playing the Knicks in a best of seven? <sighs> I didn't say, I, if the Knicks don't have Randall, they're not beating the Cavs. No, and I'm a little disappointed by that because I was yeah, talking you should, to if people Jimmy should Watkins because I wanted to watch Evan Mobley's like continue like growth, continuous growth and development because like Randall is a dude... That is bigger. He plays the four, clearly. And for whatever reason, the Knicks don't want to use him as a small ball five. Like, I think that'd be a fun lineup for New York, but it's a locked on Knicks or the crossover to hear more about that. But I wanted to watch Evan Mobley defend Julius Randle in this series. And that kind of takes, again, takes the wind out of New York sales a little bit and makes this a little bit of a more advantageous matchup for Cleveland. If, if they do land four or five and it's New York five, Cleveland four. What I, what I tend to just... What I think that's the right way to go because I, I personally, as someone covering this team and who will watch all of these games and watch some of them twice, I would really just like to watch like the most competitive Cavs-Knicks series possible. Oh, yeah. That does not happen without Julius Randle in the series, probably having a game or two where he goes off because he's been great this year. He should probably be on an all-NBA team, frankly. It's one of the forwards. He's been that good. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I just tend to think that I would really, I would just like, it's a bummer to me as like a basketball fan that I would just like to watch the series with both these teams healthy and see them go toe to toe. Like that series is a fun for a bunch of different reasons. You know, Donovan Mitchell centric, Brunson and Mitchell, all of the Cavs really hitting the playoffs for the first time. Randall and Mobley defending Randall, as you said, is a big part of that. And I, it's just not as fun without that. It's not, and I think there's, like you said, the the Donovan Mitchell Knicks through line of this one is like the most fascinating part of it, just because like that's going to be the off the court narrative too. Like I'm sure you're going to hear a bunch of ESPN like pieces about how Donovan Mitchell was almost a Nick and how he thought he was going to be a Nick, blah 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 blah, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So it does take the again i keep saying wind out of the sails it takes a little bit of luster off the series but i still expect it to be competitive like a tom thibodeau team is going to come prepared ready to play but again i've watched quite a bit of knicks basketball just when it feels more and more likely that they'll face cleveland in the playoffs just have a better understanding of them and it it, to me at least it feels like a tried and true tom thibodeau team where like they are hitting their ceiling and i don't know if they have another level to them and without julius randall like they certainly aren't going to reach it and now it just makes me even more morbidly curious because the Cavs are just kind of an unknown sans Donovan Mitchell in terms of just like what to expect playoff time. And they could hit another level. Like we could see another dramatic leap from Evan Mobley or maybe Darius Garland has something in his bag we haven't seen quite yet. Like there's a lot of intrigue when it comes to this series. 
And like I asked Darius Garland about this at uh, Cavs practice on Thursday, like what would satiate his hunger for or his uh, fiending for the playoffs? And he like said, like, I want to get out of the first round. I want to get into the second round and just see as far as we can take this. And I think that's the right mentality to have where the Cavs aren't settling for trying their best in a best of seven in the first round. Like they have really ambition and I'm not saying the Knicks don't either, but I think it's just that level of uncertainty where I feel more confident in saying like one, this won't be an ultra easy out for the Knicks and more so like the Cavs should come to play and I expect them to beat the Knicks in a best of seven series. Yeah, they should beat the Knicks with, especially with that right now. I would pick them regardless, but today's episode is brought to you by Althwin basketball journal manager. If you've had the same thought, about wanting to be an NBA GM someday, which I know like pretty much every sports fan has, then you should check out this game right now. Go and download Altman Pro Basketball GM right now. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through the seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, players and coaches. That's Evan and I dealing with Jake. Hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players and making draft picks navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all of the ups and downs and over multiple seasons. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Altman Pro Basketball General Manager GM is completely free and playable offline, playing the go as you want and when you want to. Right now, Locked On Cavs listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com Scan the code on YouTube right now. It's below Evan if you're looking for it. Or look it up in your app store of choice. That's probasketballgm.com, Alton Basketball General Manager. Start your dynasty today. That promo code, again, is locked on, all caps, all one word. Evan, let's look ahead to Friday. So we get Cavs next Friday. No Randall. Um, no. That, that takes... I, look, if, the, if that, to me, if we're looking at the value of Friday compared to let's say like the Hawks game the other day that was the game I was most intrigued to see that this was like a much more interesting game because maybe you see some playoff stuff maybe you just see mm. some of that part of it that you weren't going to see here um, on the, the Cavs injury report as at the 631 Jared Allen is listed as doubtful Dana Green is listed as out uh, health and safety protocols Sam Merrill is out G League assignment Isaiah will be out as a two way Howell Neto is questionable with a left hamstring strain, Isaac Okoro out with left knee soreness. Dean Wade is probable with and listener Dean and Dylan Windler um, out as he is on G League assignment. Randall Rose, mm-hmm. Dwayne Washington Jr., and Daquan Jeffries are out for the New York Knicks. So, you know, I I just tend to think that uh, here we are, and this game might not offer us a ton in terms of new information. No, it doesn't. In terms of information, at least in availability, J.B. Bickerstaff did say Dean Wade and Holland Neto practiced in full on Thursday. Uh, Isaac Okoro did not practice. Jared Allen was able to do some things, but not much. Uh, he was a participant, I guess you could put it. And I did spot him just acting as a rebounder for Hollow Neto, and he looked like he was moving around fine. But groins are tricky, especially for a human that large. There's just so much lateral in... Um, the opposite of lateral can't think of the term medial movement um at the end of the day like it's tricky to fully gauge it but again no randall in this one you mostly just have jalen brunson i think not having isaac okoro is a bit of a blow mm-hmm. but ideally 
let's say Allen doesn't play tomorrow just because he's doubtful and why risk it with a groin injury? You roll out with a lineup of Garland, Mitchell, Levert, Stevens, Mobley. You just throw a combination of Karis Levert, Lamar Stevens, or maybe some Evan Mobley at Jalen Brunson at times and just kind of grind him into dust and dare the rest of the Knicks to beat you because it's going to be Mitchell Robinson. It's going to be RJ Barrett, who's been abhorrent on offense as of late. And you just kind of dare maybe some of the other Knicks, maybe not Emmanuel quickly, but some of the other New York players just to kind of try and beat you because you don't have that howitzer of Julius Randle uh, just in your rearview mirror from the last time you played New York. The other kind of injury and stuff from practice uh, is Donovan Mitchell related. He it, fought through, had the little ankle roll in the Atlanta game. Yeah. Um, said he's good to go. Said he's good to go. Expectation is that he he did go through everything. He did his treatment, but the expectation is that he's good to go. But Evan, this leads me to to the the broader question. The Cavs are barreling towards the end of the season. We are almost done. We have uh, here's here's the games left for the, for the Cavs the rest of the way as I pull this up. They play the Knicks on Friday. They play the Pacers on Sunday. They play the Magic twice next week in Orlando. That is on Tuesday and Thursday, and then they finish the season on April 9th at home Easter. against the Charlotte Hornets. Easter Sunday, the day Jesus rose, is the day the Cavs end their regular season. Yes. So, allegedly. I, I, okay. We're not doing that. We're not. We're going to get like a really mean Apple review. Believe I we respect our religious beliefs here on, on Lockdown Cavs to just be fully clear. The season's kind of like seating's locked up. Cavs are seven and a half back of one. They're two and a half back of Philly, who has uh, still two has a, a game or two in hand, I believe. There are four games ahead of the Knicks, who, as we talked about already a lot, had lost Julius Randle due to injury. I, I don't know what else there is to do for the Cavs before the playoffs other than get there fully healthy. Yeah, and J.B. Pickerstaff did touch on this a bit. So if Cleveland beats New York on Friday night, it will essentially lock up home court advantage for the first round. Um, I'm looking ahead at Philly's schedule. They play the Raptors the same time Cleveland does, and then they're against the in Milwaukee against the Bucks on Sunday, and then they are at home against Boston on Tuesday, and then they play the Zombie Heat on Thursday, and then they play the Hawks on a second night of a back-to-back on Friday. So the next five games are a little dicey for Philly. I still think the three seed could be in play, but at least we know for sure after this game they lock up home court. And it's interesting you note that. Let's say like Philly just widens the gap enough where they somehow cinch up the three seed between now and when this episode ages horribly. But Bakerstaff did say when the Cavs have a clear understanding of where they stand in the Eastern Conference or if things are just kind of locked into the four seed, you're going to see the Cavs start shutting down guys and get them fully rested for the playoffs and let them kind of get a little extra rest on their legs and their body because they have that benefit of the play in tournaments soaking up a little bit of time as well. So people will probably see more of DeSam Merrill or Mamadi Diakite or Isaiah Mobley and Danny Green if Danny Green is exit COVID, exits COVID protocol soon enough. Like, it's going to be a little bit of stuff like that. It's going to be some Garbo basketball because Cleveland, they're doing pretty, they're sitting pretty right now. Like, they clinched a playoff berth. They can cinch up home court uh, Friday night against New York and maybe at that point, they shift focus to we'd rather be as healthy as possible when we hit the playoffs. So one, we can get out of the first round and two, like maybe even go past the second round because we have the benefit of health on our side. Yeah, I, I, we're not. I, I think if you're looking to put any stakes or anything, the rest of the regular season, I think I think that ship may have sailed. 
Oh, it did. I think. I mean, again, the three seed could be in play just depending on how maybe this weekend plus Tuesday goes for Philadelphia. Maybe Cleveland climbs up to the three in that way. But I just, I, I don't see it happening. I think the window is very narrow, but it hasn't been slammed shut quite yet. Here's the playoff probabilities report. Cavs are have a, they are ninety three point two percent to be the four seed, six point six percent chance to get the to get the three seed. Is this uh, per 538 or something? This is the basketball reference probability gotcha. okay. report. Here, the, the, the seeds in the East top four, pretty locked in. Bucks at one, Celtics two, Philly three, Cavs four, Knicks five. That feels very locked in as of right now. Barring some changes, stuff could adjust. Maybe like the Nets make a last run at five or whatever because of Randall's out or whatever. But it, it just feels likely that we're getting Bucks one, Celtics two, Philly three, Cavs four. That feels where we're headed. And, um, if you're Cleveland, that's fine. You get home court. You get a, a first-run series you can win, but not a whole lot left to learn the rest of the regular season. Not at all. I think just with the regular season tidying up like this, Miami is four games back of New York currently. Do you think the Heat catch up to New York, catches up to New York at all, or is Cleveland going to be able to avoid the Heat the, as the, much the as Knicks, possible? The Heat, needed to beat, the Heat needed to beat the Knicks, and they didn't. So that's where we're at. That's fair. And... The Nets are two and a half back of New York as of recording this, so I feel like it's going to be Net Sixers, which you know the Ben Simmons being shut down for the season drama makes it disappointing for me. Well, and there's no, yeah, there's there's just like less fun there because KD's like that series just isn't what it could have been. Yeah, Harden could just you know, James Harden can knock the uh, Nets out of the playoffs again one last time, but um. At this point, it just seems like the, the path for Cleveland in the playoffs is New York in the first round, and then they likely play Milwaukee in the second round, barring like a dramatic upset from whether it's Atlanta, Toronto, possibly Miami because of the play-in, or Chicago. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. The Final Four is this freaking weekend, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000, up to $1,000, back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com backslash lockdown to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All of that, by the way, is on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com backslash lockdown to sign up. They gave you a moment more with FanDuel. All right, last segment here, Lockdown Cavs. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Charge, who are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Jackson Flickinger, I should say, has been doing a great job all year covering them for the sword. He has two good stories up this week that you should go read. One is on Sam Merrill. And one is uh, talking to Dylan Windler. So he did. He's done a really great job covering that team all season. That dude has just been grinding away over there. But the Charge had a nice 14 point comeback the other day against the the main Red Claws. Um, main Celtics, actually. Oh, excuse me. Just RIP to the Red their, Claws. Their, should... their logo is still a green lobster, though. Here's so the thing. That's fun. Give me the the G League should all have really dumb, stupid mascots, and in my head, they're always going to be the main Red Claws. This is the this this is low stakes. I think it's good for all these guys to get minutes. That's that's the point. But yeah. good for the good for the charge and, and Mike Garrity and his first shoot in there to to have a little bit of playoff success right now. We'll see if they 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 play the Long Island Nets. We'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, we'll see how it goes. The Nets are, I believe, the number one seed overall in the G League playoffs. The format's fascinating to me because the first three rounds are all single elimination, so there are some higher stakes to that. And then the quote-unquote like finals championship series is a best of three. So for now, Cleveland will be on the road if they beat Long Island. I haven't even looked at the bracket yet, but like they will play in the conference finals, probably on the road again, and then they'll play at least one home game if they reach the championship round. But... Yeah, to your point, like I asked JB about this, just like one, was he impressed? He's like, well, the win was awesome is how he described it. It was a great win for Cleveland. Like he really watched them crank up the intensity on defense in the third quarter. Um, Isaiah Mobley was just doing a lot of stuff that his brother does, but maybe on like a lesser degree. Um, Sam Merrill and Dylan Windler were hyper, just hitting a ton of three-pointers. Sharif Cooper was doing a lot of fun stuff too. Mike Garrity's doing a lot of cool things. And whenever I've been around the charge, whenever I've just asked like, what's the difference between this year and last year, just because the Charge didn't have the best record in their first year in Cleveland, it's it's the overall just improvement in talent, whether it's Merrill, Diakite, Mobley, Cooper, uh, Windler now. Um, there's Nate Hinton, who's been playing really well, too. Jamarco Pickett's been playing very well, too, for the Charge. Like, the the Charge have a very fun squad, and, like, there's a lot of turnover and uncertainty in the G League, so you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot here. And the inverse of it is, like, we have a lot of people who are, like, complaining about the Hawks game the other day. Like, why the heck were Sam Merrill and Dylan Windler on assignment when the Cavs probably could have used them as just emergency depth when they are so banged up against Atlanta? And I asked JB about it, and he's just like, our rotation's relatively set in place Mm -hmm. at this point. And we just don't see opportunities to allow Sam or Dylan to get, like, 20, 30 minutes of floor burn unless, like, it's the last game of the season and the Cavs rest everybody against Charlotte next Sunday. But that's the only realistic path from the play. And he's like, listen, we want them to get that kind of experience. And also, we want them to have that high stakes experience, too, because it is a single elimination. It adds a lot to it. Plus, it's a playoff format. Like, it was a very fun, exciting game. And once the Cavs wrap off shoot around on Friday, like, the long game against the Nets is on ESPN2 at noon. Like, I'm going to come home, tune in, and check it out and, like, see how the Chargers do. I'm going to pull up the bracket as you talk. But, like, the Chargers had a very fun season. And... I was talking to Jimmy Watkins about this today, and it's just like the char- the Cavs are really utilizing the charge well to kind of develop that back-end, fourth, fifth-string talent that they kind of need just to fill out the rest of the roster. This is what... this is what There's two things that matter. I'm happy these guys get to play competitive games. I'm also yeah. just like... I'm, I'm just... I think minutes are good. Like, Dylan Winler got to play 35 minutes the other night. I know there was like a little knock, but never heard anything else. 19, 19 points, 8 boards, took to eight shots, five of six from three, great for him. Sam Merrill played 45 minutes, uh, hit some really fun threes, good for him. You know, Hinton played 46, Cooper played 35, Isaiah Mobley played 38. Minutes are what those guys need. That That's that's really what matters here. If they can have a run, I'm happy for them, all that stuff. But I, I just think, especially for someone like Windler, mm-hmm. I just think minutes for them are, are, gonna, are, are king. I absolutely agree. And I'm looking at the bracket now. So if Cleveland does beat Long Island tomorrow at noon, they will head to Delaware to play the Blue Coats, whose Mac mascot McClung. is Mac McClung, the slam dunk champion. Well, but he's, their mascot he's is not literally their mascot. A, no, he's not their mascot. The, the Blue Coats mascot is literally a horse wearing a varsity jacket, which I adore. Um, but they're the affiliate of the 76ers. So, hey, that'll be kind of interesting if they win that one. They will either play the... Stockton Kings, the Sioux Falls Sky Force, uh, Kings obviously Kings, Sky Force the Heat, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, which are the defending champs, was the Rockets, or the Memphis Hustle, which are the Grizzlies. So there's a couple interesting paths here. We'll we'll see where it heads. Um, we'll know the result of the Sioux Falls Stockton game by the time this episode comes up. So 
there could be one more path, but it would be kind of neat to see the charge in their second season in Cleveland win the G League title. They've gotten close in the past, but also it'd be really cool to see Mike Garrity just have like such a successful season across the board like he has. All right, that's going to be it for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Jake Stevens produced this episode. Now, if you're second listen, check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with the local analysis only Lockdown can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA that is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.